Heavenly Father, once again, we want to thank you for our opportunity to hold our meeting. We thank you for your grace that is available to us each time we gather to have our meeting. We thank you for the knowledge that you impart upon our lives and its impact in our lives. As we continue with our study on the book of Haggai, Father, please continue with us. And let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen. Haggai chapter 2, verse 20 to 23. And again, the word of the Lord came to Haggai on the 24th day of the month, saying, Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake heaven and earth. I will overthrow the thrones of kingdoms. I will destroy the strength of the Gentile kingdoms. I will overthrow the chariots and those who ride in them. The horses and their riders shall come down, every one by the sword of his brother. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtel, says the Lord, and will make you a signet ring, for I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. May the Lord bless the name of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. After God had spoken to the priests, he then spoke to Zerubbabel. We looked at this aspect of God speaking to one person after speaking to a group in our last meeting. And we noted that even though God may speak to a group, he can also speak specifically to an individual in the group. We said that God can speak to many and he can speak to one. We said that God can speak to us all at the same time and he can speak to you or me individually at a different time. Finally, we said that God can speak to one person for all, like speaking through a pastor, and he can speak to one person that is the pastor just for himself or herself, as the case may be. Thus, we say that after any group meeting, we should ask God what he has for us specifically. That is, you should ask God for what he has for you specifically. And for the preacher, we say that after the preacher has preached, he or she should ask God for a word for him or herself. We also say that we should always desire to know what God is saying to us specifically, especially when we are in a group meeting. Today we want to focus on God's statement in Haggai chapter 2 verse 21 to 22. In those verses God said, I will shake the heaven and earth. I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I will destroy the strength of the gentle kingdoms. I will overthrow the chariots and those who ride in them. The horses and their riders shall come down, everyone by the sword of his brother. So today we want to discuss when God shakes heaven and earth. When God shakes heaven and earth. It is important that we understand that only God can shake heaven and earth. Satan cannot shake heaven and earth. Only God can shake heaven and earth. As we discuss this issue of God shaking heaven and earth, I want you to picture a tree with fruit on it being shaken by a strong wind. At the end of such a shaking, you will begin to find all kinds of fruits on the ground all kinds of dead leaves on the ground, ripe fruit on the ground. The things that will remain are things that cannot be dropped. In Hebrews 12, 27, God was speaking and he says that yet once more he's going to shake things such that the things which cannot be shaken are the ones that will remain. Every other thing that can be shaken will be removed. In Revelation chapter 6, verse 12 to 17, it says, I looked when he opened the sixth seal and behold, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. The stars of heaven fell to the earth, as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves, 
and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, who is able to stand? We see that when God is shaking the heavens and the earth, stars fall. The configuration of heaven changes. The things we are used to seeing change completely. Joel described this in Joel chapter 2 verse 13 and 31 when God spoke through Joel saying that he will show wonders in the heaven and in the earth. That blood and fire and pillars of smoke will appear. He said the sun will be turned into darkness. The sun that should be light will become darkness and the moon will be like blood. And he said that that will signal the coming of the great day and the awesome day of the Lord, the day of judgment. When we talk of stars falling, we are speaking not just of planets or meteors. We are speaking of nations. We are speaking of spirit beings. When Jesus was born, the Bible tells us that the wise men from the east came because they saw his star in the skies. So in scripture, Whilst it is possible for us to look at stars as planets, they can also be figurative of spirit beings. They can be figurative of nations. In Ephesians 6, 12, the Bible says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So when God says he's going to shake the heavens and the earth, he's saying that he's going to begin to cause upheavals in nations. It's going to cause upheavals even amongst the spirit beings that are occupying the heavenlies. Because he said he will overthrow the thrones of kingdoms. He's talking of governments. God is speaking there of overthrowing political orders, the things that we are used to, and he's going to turn them upside down and make them to become irrelevant. When we look at the world today, we find that democracy is beginning to lose its appeal and we are finding authoritarianism taking over in many nations. God also said that he would destroy the strength of the Gentile kingdoms. The strength of the Gentile nations or the powers of Gentile nations are not just the people who are ruling in those nations. They also include spirit beings that are in charge of those nations. When the angel of God appeared to Daniel in Daniel chapter 10, he spoke of the prince of Persia and spoke of the prince of Greece. These are the principalities and powers, the rulers of darkness, the spiritual wickedness that were operating in Persia and those that will operate in Greece. So God is saying that he's going to destroy the principalities and powers over nations. He's going to destroy the economic powers of nations. He's going to destroy so many things that make some nations to feel that they are great nations. Today we see heavens and the earth shaking in different areas of life. We are seeing unprecedented floods. We're seeing extreme heat. We're seeing extreme cold. We're seeing earthquakes in places where these things never happened before. The world calls these things climate change. We're hearing of fires just burning massive areas of land in many nations today. Economies are failing. There is hyperinflation. There is scarcity. And then we know of the plagues, we know of the pandemics, the turmoils, the wars, even civil wars all over the place. God said that he was going to overthrow horses and riders and chariots and that they will fight against themselves. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, when three nations came against Jehoshaphat and God went to fight against those nations, they did not fight them. The nations were fighting against themselves until they destroyed themselves totally and completely. So God is saying that when he begins to shake heaven and earth, and we see him shaking it today, you are going to begin to encounter situations that will warrant civil wars 
to arise. Today, the world is so polarized that even in nations, we are now polarized along political parties, along religions, along socioeconomic status, and so on and so forth. We have a problem, and yet we cannot see it. In Matthew chapter 24, from verse 3 to 14, and 29 to 31, the Lord Jesus, in answering the question that his disciples put to him, made some remarks, and that's what I want to read now. Now, as he, that is Jesus, sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming, and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. I read 29 to 31. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. The Lord said that this shaking we are experiencing now, they are just the beginning of sorrows. There is still the time of tribulation. There is still the time of intense persecution. There is still the time of false prophets. And then we begin to see that lawlessness is taking over because the love of many people in church is now growing cold. And then again, the Lord Jesus speaks about the heavens and the earth changing in their configuration. The sun that should be shining is going to be dark. The moon will not give its light. The stars will be falling from heaven. These are the times that the Lord Jesus Christ spoke to us about the end times. Today we can say that we are definitely in the end times. These are the times when we should behave ourselves like children of God, when we should hold on to God and we should walk as God wants us to walk. Peter warned in 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 10 to 13. He said, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away, and a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, in which righteousness dwells. Peter is warning us that when we see these things, we should take heed and we should act like people who know that the Lord is about to return. The Lord even warned that we should learn from the fig tree, that when you begin to see the branches of the fig tree becoming tender and putting forth leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, he says that when we see all these things happening, we should know 
that the end is near, right at the door. He wants us not to be like the people in Noah's day who continued to buy and sell, even though judgment was waiting right there for them. So brethren, when God is shaking the heavens and the earth as he's doing now, it is a sign for you and I to begin to prepare to meet with God. And this preparation is not just preparing to go to heaven, but also preparing by making sure that we preach the gospel more fervently than we're preaching before, to hasten the coming of the day of God. God is telling us that as we see the upheaval in the world today, we should get ready and start preparing ourselves. We should pray more. We should read more. We should fast more. We should evangelize more. We should teach the word of God more. We should make sure that our relationship with God is very, very close. Rather than follow the people of the world to complain about how bad and horrible the economy is, the politics is, and so on and so forth, let us focus on building the church of God. Let us focus on winning souls into the kingdom of God. So even though God was speaking to Zerubbabel, God is actually speaking to us today because this is the end times that we are in. What God was speaking to Zerubbabel at that time was prophetic. Today we see the reality happening before our eyes. And so we should get ready and we should be prepared for the coming of the Lord. Let's make sure that we are sanctified. Let's make sure that we are purified and we are purged of iniquity at all times. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for the warning that you have sent to us today. Although you spoke to Zerubbabel centuries ago, today we receive it as a very present word for us. We ask Almighty and everlasting God that you prepare our hearts to stay firm on you and not to be troubled by the things happening around us. Help us to build our relationship closer with you. Help us, Lord, to do the things that you want us to do, to evangelize souls more, to get involved in teaching your word more and more. Help us to pray more, to fast more, and to have our fellowship with you more as we see the day approaching. Help us not to be like the people who lived in the days of Noah and the days of Lot, who, even though judgment was right at their doorstep, they did not change their ways and their behavior. I pray at this time, Lord, that there will be an urgency in the hearts of men all over the world as these things are beginning to happen. Rather than their hearts failing and them going to hide, I pray, Lord, that you will cause your spirit to minister to them so that they will run to you and not away from you. I also pray, Lord, for an outpouring of your grace upon the children of God so that they will take this time seriously and go all out and begin to win souls for the kingdom of God. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.